The Greg Hill Show on WEEI. It's Bruins Thursday on WEEI. That's the reason Boston fans get skittish. And it's time for the most feared hockey analyst in America. Tuka Rass sucked. I'm telling you, there isn't a trophy in my ass. That, that was bad. Former Beast defenseman and head coach Mike Melberry. The hit by Tory Krug on Robert Thomas was just Right now on the Craig Hill Morning Show. Bruins Thursday all day. That means Andrew Razor Raycroft with Gresham Keep between 10 and 2. And this afternoon, Jack Edwards with Christian and Lou. But right now, it's Mike Milbury. Mike, good morning. Good morning. But I got a couple things to start with. Yeah. Uh, Courtney. Yes. Was that you that just took the Lord's name in vain? I did. The and Jesuit, The Jesuit Twitter world is a, a fire right now. Yes, I did do that. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I said, Courtney, you're better than that. K through you're going college. Straight to hell for that one, kid. Yep. You're going straight to hell. K through college, Catholic education. I should have known better. Her theory on hell is she'll be down there with people she knows. <laughs> so I was turning on, trying to look for hockey. Of course, you can't get it on the NHL network. They don't play games anymore. They shipped it out to ESPN, TNT, so I try them. They don't play games at least till like 10 o'clock on the West Coast time. So I'm supposed to get Hulu and ESPN+. Plus. I think I'm being screwed here. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. yeah, never mind. And, uh, that's how Nesson feels also, by the way. Oh. As, our, our, this Eichel deal, uh, Mike, I, I, I wanted to ask you, are we going to have another lightning-like situation when it comes to the salary cap, how are they doing that deal? I think they're eleven or twelve million over the cap prior to to adding Eichel. You know, th- this is the toughest cap I think in sports. But uh, is this a hole? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but do you think they're faking injury? I don't think so. I don't think either Kucherov or Eichel are faking the injury. I don't think the players mind it. I don't think the teams like it. Does uh, Greg Hill like it? Well, I guess he doesn't, but yeah. he's in the minority. Yeah. And uh, I think they maybe need to adjust it. Maybe they can they can write some of this money off to a certain amount, uh, something along that way to make a compromise because it does open the door for the perception of cheating, and nobody wants that. When you look at this trade, who do you think won the trade? And, and if it and if it is Vegas, are you confident that this surgery will will make it so that Eichel will be good to go? You know, I didn't get a medical degree, Courtney, so I have no idea about the... Uh, you didn't? The, uh, no, I have no clue as to how what this injury is all about. Clearly, there's controversy over it. I don't know what the, the rehab time is, but this is a premier player in the league. I, I like some of the assets that the, the Sabres will be getting, but I'm sure they would have rather have kept Eichel. To answer the question, I think... Vegas with a healthy Jack Eichel is a much better team. And this is a team, by the way, they're probably leading the league in guys that are injured and not on the, on the roster right now. And they just added another one. So it's a tough time for the Vegas Knights. But if all these bodies get back and Michael back, pretty good future. Mike, I wanted to ask you what you made of Bruce Cassidy calling out pasta after the Carolina loss and whether he handled that in the right way. You know what? He's refreshing. I think he's he, he's honest. I mean, imagine if Belichick was this way. It would be a whole different ball game, wouldn't it? But Cassidy says about his goal thing, it's been been okay. Well, Linus is getting better. Swayman's been okay, but it's not great. You don't get that from a lot of guys. And when Pasta steps in it, he just comes up and says what's obvious. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. 
have to be a little careful. Can't, can't go overboard on that. You don't want to cause a rift between you and your coach. But if you're going to do that, you have to go right back at the player and say, hey, listen, this is what I want. This is what I need. He said that publicly. Yeah, I, you have to be careful with that. That's a, you know, but listen, do you think Pasternak really is going to give a two hoots about being called out? He's just going to come in with a wild suit and play his game. He's that kind of a player. Uh, I don't think you want to overdo it in anybody's case, especially the star players. But I think this kid is resilient enough and happy-go-lucky enough that you take a, a light jab. Mike, I didn't have an issue with him calling out the brusque. I have an issue with him calling out certain guys. Like, he won't rip Bergeron if Bergeron's not playing well or Krejci wasn't playing well. But he picks and choose, chooses on who he wants to call out. And I feel like that's wrong as a coach. If you're going to call out, you know, your lower-level guys, you should also be able to call out your top dogs when they ain't performing well. Well, uh, when you get into that locker room situation, there are different guys that are treated differently. I know you know that. Mm -hmm. You know they're they're treated differently, and and you have to treat them a little bit differently. Um, And... You're right. If it gets to a certain level with a key player, uh, I didn't think the whole Postonart calling out was that big a deal, to be honest with you. But, you know, you have to address the issue with the, the big guys a little differently than you do with the run-of-the-mill guys. That's my opinion. That's the way I would have coached it. I don't have any trouble with what he's done so far with either Postonart or DeBrusque. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's trying to w- work a fine line. But I think we can all agree that this guy is, Pretty, pretty darn honest, Cassidy. He tells it pretty much like it is. And, you know, does he does he kind of uh, make the edges a little softer? Yes, and for the most part. But, you know, he hasn't had a lot to complain about for the last few years. Did, did it work when he used to call LB out? <laughs> <laughs> LB was mostly injured for his career, wasn't he? <laughs> Yes, he was. He was, uh, as he used to say, he liked to ice from the inside. Was uh, was, was, was the way he used to describe it. <laughs> the guy, the LB was as tough as they come, and a fun guy to be around. And it was it was good to be on a team with Lyndon Byers. And I wish he had. If he had his career to do over again, I'm sure would approach it a little bit differently. And would have been maybe a little bit more. Uh, in terms of longevity and success, but hey, he wasn't there for a long time, but he had, had a good time. He did. He absolutely did. Well, well, seeing that we are talking about, you know, calling out players, we've been talking about Marcus Smart, who basically called out the superstars of the team. So it would be like if somebody on the team that doesn't really play that much or just plays in a small role calls out Rick Middleton and says, hey, you need to pass the puck. How do you feel <laughs> about players calling out their superstar players, um, and it not be the coach and doing it publicly. Shut the fudge up. That's what I say. <laughs> I mean, shut up. I mean, who's Marcus Smart to be calling anybody out at this point? That's not his role. His role is to play a good game. But having said that, I can give you an example of a guy getting called out. And watching the NHL Network, they had the Big Bad Bruins documentary on, and I brought me back to how wonderful that era was, the, the golden era of any sport in Boston, in my opinion. But I went to my first training camp, and I just, I idolized these guys. And I was there at, you know, 8 o'clock for a 10 o'clock on-ice session, 
And I walked into the locker room, and Espo was there. I didn't say anything. Sort of hid in the bathroom until he went out on the ice. And uh, because it was almost 8 o'clock when practice started, Orr walked in, and he started screaming at Espo. New coach. We've got a new coach, Don Cherry, here. And you're going to be late for practice, the first practice of training camp? We didn't win the cup. That's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah go ahead, Gordon. I would Meanwhile, just... I, I, was, I thought I'd just taken uh, a peyote button for my college <laughs> days when I was watching. It was what? But, but hockey's a little bit different. Uh, the, the, the Sean Thornton situation came up the other day when we were talking about this. That's a guy who I felt like was a leader in that in that locker room during that cup run and was a guy who could call out whether it's uh Bergeron. You know, Bergy or or Marsh or anybody. Is is that is does that make hockey different? Did I don't recall Sean calling anybody out, do you? I recall guys saying that he was a uh, a leader in that locker room. He wasn't he wasn't calling anybody out publicly, that, but, but 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 yeah, go ahead. Well, along the story I just told you about, or telling out Espo was in a locker room, and they didn't think anybody was around. Yeah, I'm sure Tom yeah. Thornton had some uh, some strong words for people. You know, if he's going to go out and protect some of these gifted stars, he he wants a little payback, and that means payback in terms of effort and success on the power play. And I think he was capable of doing that. Well spoken, well respected. But I don't remember him bashing every, anybody in the Globe or on WEEI. No. No. no, Mike, I'd be interested to know your thoughts because I think a lot of fans are questioning the, a cultural problem that the NHL might have with Pittsburgh and, and the Blackhawks being in uh, headlines right now. Do you think that there's a problem within the league that needs to be addressed? I certainly think the way the Blackhawks handle things you know, needs to be addressed differently. And I think this is a, this is a, a bomb that's exploded that will cause, you know, things to change over time. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a sad thing and it's, does it mean it's a cultural thing? Well, I mean, it hasn't been rampant, but it's one time is, is bad enough, isn't it? Yeah, and in Pittsburgh, they're having sexual assault lawsuit right now, too. And I think Patrice, we talk about Patrice being a leader. He had all of the guys, and I think Bruce, it was a joint effort. All the guys watched Kyle Beach and his interview um, to kind of hit it home with all the players. So at least the Bruins internally are making sure that it's taken very seriously. And that's the kind of guy that uh, Patrice Bergeron is, and that's the kind of guy that Bruce Cassidy is. I think they they get it, they get it right. I mean, do they make mistakes? once in a while on the ice or behind the bench, sure. But you know, that's the way to approach it, I guess, the openness, the, the frankness, and, and then the willingness to, to make things change. It's, uh, those, are, those are sad stories. And by the way, before we forget, Sidney Crosby with COVID now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, another one to look after. Fortunately, uh, I guess Dumoulin has no symptoms, and, and Crosby seems to be mild symptoms, but we're still not done with this damn thing, are we? No, no. Nope. No. Should have uh, hit up a fan to Kane and see if he could have got a vax card. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, Mike, you've been a coiled doubter in the past. What, uh, what do you make of his play so far? He's, he's been fine. I, I just think he is what he is. You, you pull out a stat sheet for you know the kid that's twenty nine or thirty years old now, and you can kind of. I'm not an analytics guy, but I am a stats guy to the extent I can see where he's been. Will he be able to step it up with new players? It's too early. 
I mean, it's way too early, and this schedule has been so awful for the Bruins. You need no rhythm. And they got Detroit tonight, which is a team that lost to Montreal, not a powerhouse anymore. Uh, but they do have some pretty good young players. going to make it interesting. I think it's a good night for the, goal, the, the Bruins to open up on goaltenders because I don't believe that Thomas Grice, is, who's probably playing tonight, is, is all that good. So pepper this guy and see what happens. All right, Mike Milbury, always great to have you on. We will talk to you again next Thursday. All right, Courtney, sorry, straight to hell. <laughs> Is she supposed to do something? Is it? I know, I, I'm going to have to like, repent yeah. or... Yeah, repent or yeah. something like that. you got to go to... Uh, I'll go to church. Saturday, isn't it? What? Confession is still Sunday. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to go do that. As, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I knew it. And the uh, texter wants me Don't to just... apologize to me, yeah. Courtney. Oh, no, no, never. <laughs> Mike, my Mike, dad's going to have an issue, though. Mike, a texter wants me to clarify that you said, I thought I dropped a peyote button. Hmm. Uh, would a that... peyote button. Do you guys know what peyote buttons are? Yeah. <laughs> Wiggy? Yeah. Yes. Wiggy does. I, I yes. Do. We can get you some right now yeah, in five minutes. Uh, <laughs> Courtney, three Our Fathers and two Hail Marys. You'll be all right. Thank you. All right, Mike. Thank you. There's Mike Milbury on a Bruins Thursday. We'll be right back.